Good, well, good afternoon and welcome to uh, our 20th episode of CC Talks. Uh, we're all here from Cadre Capital and um, we'll do our, our register to start with. Um, but before we do that, we'll just mention uh, James is away today, so uh, you, won't hear, you won't hear anything from James, but also you won't hear a lot about, uh, obviously, the Man City uh, being his club. But um, yeah, he's away with clients, so there's, uh, uh, let's follow the register. And, uh, and Miss Burns? Yes, sir. And uh, Mr Smith? Yes, sir. Very good. And uh, we're all present and correct. So, um, yeah, we also apologise because we didn't do one last week. I was away with, with some clients and others were travelling. So, uh, so anyway, we've got some cracking stuff for, for today. And, uh, and with that, we're going to start off with um, something that's very topical at the moment is the, the Women's World Cup that's going on over in France. And, and Chelsea, you've been covering this and, and looking and uh, we've been chatting internally. So do you want to take us through what you've been finding out? Yeah. So, I mean, like you say, Steve, it is very topical at the moment and it's certainly featured on numerous of our previous podcasts um but i I think it's important and we're seeing at the moment we're seeing a huge increase in the viewing numbers that the games are attracting Mm. so um i mean in um france's last last game against brazil which was on sunday just gone um which just put them put them to the quarterfinals um it actually was a national record breaker so 10.6 million people viewed viewed that game in France. Yeah, yeah. Which is big for them really. I think it was actually um the biggest TV audience for any programme in two thousand nineteen. Wow. So yeah, in France. Yeah, in France. Yeah. So pretty okay. big one. I mean mm. we've seen we've seen this increase across the board really. The England Scotland game that drew in six point one million viewers mm-hmm. here in um, England. The England Cameroon game drew in six point seven million, but the big one is the France Brazil game, which drew in thirty five point two million viewers in Brazil, yeah. which is actually the biggest domestic audience anywhere for a women's game. Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's that's great. I mean, it's great for the game. It's obviously I mean huge eyeballs, but also for the sponsors, isn't it? Yeah. Because more sponsors are now coming in, putting their brands behind the women's game, you know, outright, and uh, of course they're going to get a, a a bang for the buck and a return on that. Uh, 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 investment for exposure. Yeah, uh, well, yes, yeah, sponsors and TV rights. Mm. Well, apparently it's it's not um it's not been released, but the speculation that England Football Association are now in discussions to sell women's the, the rights to women's football separately. As of now, they're bundled up with um with men's football. So that would be a really exciting step forward, I think, for women's football. Yeah, and it'll 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 bring some profitability exactly. into their into their uh, particular game. No, it it's growing, it's growing, and it was interesting because there was a, a tweet from uh, from somebody I noticed who said, "Isn't it refreshing to see you know when players are tackled or or, or touched, they don't go down so easily, yeah. uh, unlike the the men's game." And we were talking earlier, Jack, obviously. You know, where that came in, it didn't used to be around in the sort of 70s, 80s when you look at you know the players in that sort of era. So it clearly come in, but they're saying within the ladies' game, it's not there, or the women's game, it's not there. No. So, uh, and I think you tend to find, I mean, you know, I've seen it being thrown around a bit in the press, really, that the idea that women, you know, the, the, these women who are playing in the, in the World Cup, they're really great role models. Mm, mm. Um, you know, there's nothing. They've got great backgrounds. They've worked really hard to get to get to where they've gone to, and it's and it's it's paying off. More and more people are more and more females are joining and getting involved in football, and we're really beginning to see it kind of elevate. And I think it's it's, it's an exciting time. And kind of in the next year to five years, we're going to see a massive jump in 
how people view women's football and the profitability within the game. Yeah, and that's reflective with Real Madrid launching their women's team. Yeah, exactly. And others alike. And yeah, yeah. Was it Man, Man United did their last season? Or yeah, this Man United season. have just finished the yeah. first season. Obviously, won their won their league. Yeah, they're now going to be playing in the this women's Super League. Madrid have probably launched their women's team after seeing how successful the female Barcelona team is and the female Atletico Madrid team is. Mm. They they drew in the, the biggest crowd in Spain for women's football. Mm. Clever marketing. So like you're saying, it's going to become profitable soon and Madrid are probably about to cash in. And if the commercial revenues are there, I mean, obviously commercial revenues... You know, I mean, a, a lot of you know, a, a lot of revenues now, are, as you say, are still combined, but those commercial revenues become more aligned and more identifiable to the women's game. That obviously, especially with the TV money, it'll mirror what's happened in the men's game, which is ultimately players' wages will go up, you know, players' prices, market values will go up as more teams, you know, the supply and demand, so more teams are launched around the world, then obviously the demand for players is there. Exactly. So we will see, you know, okay, maybe a few years, but we'll see eventually where players' transfer market is healthy enough, where eventually they, you know, they are, uh, clubs are utilising that potential revenue to you know, raise capital, as we well know with the men's game. So, yeah, I, I think give it time. And as long as money's going into grassroots, which certainly I believe it is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, certainly women or girls' football coming through, I know they play you know, with the, the boys to a certain age and then break away um, like, a, like many sports. But if, that, if that's been encouraged and comes through, it's only going to be good for, good, good for the game. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's been a good spectacle, but the viewing figures are uh, yeah are, are, are healthy. So uh, uh, that's got to be positive. So yeah, good 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 uh, good work on that. And when's um, so England played Norway and won three nil last night. Yeah. So they're through to the semis. Shown at Glastonbury actually. Oh well, yeah, it was yeah. So and they've got the semis coming up. So uh, is it the first time? No, we've been in the semis before, haven't we? But uh, uh, but hey, I mean it's, it's it's great. We're going to be down to last four. And um, let's see, can we can we bring it home, as they say? What was it? Yeah. 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 Phil, yeah. Phil Neville Masterclass. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> Great. So, uh, good. Okay. Okay, so another topic that has featured many a time in our, in our weekly podcast is the MLS. Um, and the Board of Governors have recently decided to change kind of the long-standing restrictions on clubs partnering with companies um, or betting companies or, or spirits companies. So we obviously see this is far more commonplace in the Premier League with eight of the 20 sides um, having uniform partnerships with, with betting companies. Um, and yeah, I mean, the reason behind it, they've said, is to, to generate greater fan engagement and to bring in revenues, which obviously makes sense, particularly for the MLS, where, you know, over in America, football is less popular than, than here in England. But I mean, what do we think on this one? Is it purely because it's an easy, an easy sponsorship to get in these gambling companies? They know that you know partnering with with a football club is going to generate revenues for them. Do we think there's better ways that they can they can utilize the eyeballs that they're getting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's well. First of all, in America, in the MLS, of course, you know the gambling laws have been relaxed, you know, state by state. Obviously, they're, they're independently you know, um, uh, decided on each state, but a lot of them now, the domino effect is happening. So most states are now adopting you know, gambling, which is including sports book. And so, um, so that's uh, probably the reason that they're relaxing the rules. For spirits, I mean, beers and spirits, um, you know, that, that again, they almost go hand in hand. 
So that brings in you know groups like Diageo, people like that. They'll, mm. they'll uh, uh, you know they'll, they'll see a benefit. But it's one it's one the eyeballs. Now also um, we know that the Asian certainly here in the Premier League there are most of the shirts are covered by Asian gambling brands. Yeah. Um, and so you know which would say that the market isn't really UK. You know the UK players fine. There'll be a few Asian people go on it and play. But ultimately, it's it's targeted for the Asian market. Now, is it a good thing? It's a it's an easy thing. It, it's it's say easy. I mean, a lot of it's done through sort of uh, you know agencies and things. Um, is it covering? And this is the thing that we've been looking at very closely with our our analytics guys and and, and department. Is is aligning a sponsor and making sure that they are getting the the big, biggest bang for the buck with the right mm-hmm. sort of database of the club, because. You know, ultimately, commercials, you know, a lot of the commercial offerings within clubs, apart from the sort of top five or six who, who have a global, um, a global sort of view and a global uh, um, sort of expansion uh, and partnerships, um, uh, a lot of them don't. A lot of them stay, you know, they've come through the championship, they've been promoted. And we've discussed this before on previous podcasts, but it is ultimately there. And it's a frustration to certainly to some of the club owners and certainly the chief execs, that the commercial departments, because there's the, you know, if you get into the Premier League, there's the, the, the TV monies and the, the central distribution money from the Premier League, and that pays into insignificance the, the commercial revenues. Yeah. And so people don't utilise that opportunity and that unique period of being one of the top 20 clubs in the world um, to, to maximise and, and elevate the brand. Um, and so we've looked closely and talking to the corporate clients the corporate clients want to know how are they going to get the biggest interaction, both online, you know, eyeballs, but also interactive with the database. Because nowadays, with the media, you know, and digital media, you can tailor uh, specific uh, promotions to you know to the the demographics, the socioeconomics, and obviously the clubs want bigger, better, more sponsors yeah. to be able to not only bring in the revenues, but also encourage other sponsors that you know, will align to uh, you know, a certain brand that is already there. So, you know, and we know with certain examples, I mean, Brighton is one where you know, American Express is their main sponsor. American Express don't want to be aligned with a gambling company. So there's, there's requirements there. So I would like to see, you know, sort of, um, and we are finding with some of our clients, they get it, they're using the analytics, you know, to work on their databases, looking and, and going into the database to see where is the right alignment with the right brand to, you know, to maximise not only revenues, but also you can charge more and companies are willing to pay more if they realise that they're getting a, 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 a higher propensity of that customer or that supporter to spend money on their particular brand. You know, it makes sense. You know, there's less wasted, so to speak. So, um, so we're finding some great traction with that. As going back to the MLS, because we sort of swayed onto the Premier League, but the MLS, you know, the same is happening and the same will happen over there. And they, you know, they probably uh, opening up the brands for, for the gambling. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be North American gambling brands, I suspect. You know, there may be some Asian ones want to get in there. The MLS is obviously viewed in Asia, but I suspect it'll also be local, you know, state brands that can, uh, can utilise that as well. be interesting um, to see how long it is before it's more worldwide brands than just, say, North America. Mm. Obviously, with it's, in, it's, it's shown across the world on different channels, but it's going to become more of a staple for 
basically world football. You've got big players who tend to go there as sort of a retirement plan at the minute. Mm-hmm. With Rooney's there, Bukovic yeah. has been there, and obviously Rooney's scoring his wonder goal this week. But it's ri- it's rising in popularity, which means that there's going to be a much bigger pull when it comes to the sponsorship deals. Yeah. Teams are going to be able to demand more. And the more the league grows in not only popularity, but actually number of teams the more competition there's going to be to be there. Mm, mm. So yeah, because you've got, you've got, they're expanding it, aren't they, up to 30 uh, teams now. Yeah, they've obviously got Be- um, Beckham's, promote, Beckham's promoting his, his Miami, Miami base. Yeah. And you've got two teams, one in Sacramento and one in St. Louis, which are putting proposals to the board um, to join the league. Yeah, and David Tepper, owner of Caroline Panthers, he's been now talking with the MLS uh, of being able to host... Uh, games in Carolina using the Bank of America Stadium. Now, the, there's an interesting article literally just just pinged up uh, this morning. So it's, I know they're meeting later on in July, but they are looking at because the MLS prefer smaller grounds, sort of twenty, thirty, forty thousand seaters. Uh, however, the crowds are growing. I think there was fifty odd thousand at, uh, at at one of the recent games. You know, and the obviously the Bank of America is seventy five thousand capacity. But they've hosted, you know, some some recent games and got fifty or thousand. So, they, you know, that will grow. But they are that's part of the you know part of the discussions is how they can host it and make it an experience without being you know being a, a huge stadium. Um, but I'm sure they'll do it. And good luck because oh, I think well, why it, it wouldn't be they great want a huge stadium? Why wouldn't you want to fill these seven? Well, you want to fill it, but yeah, and you will be able to for certain games or for certain competitions, but. You know, as we know over here, I mean, obviously, yeah. Premier League's a different you know story, but things will progress in the MLS. And as you're right, it's growing. And as not only as teams are announced, but also as owners who are very successful at running sports franchises add on an MLS team to their portfolio, they'll do the promotion, they'll do the marketing, yeah. they'll you know they'll encourage people to come in. So uh, I think it, it's growing. The other thing is also on the gambling opportunity. What will happen is that a lot of remember. You know, gambling has been you know banned in America, the Wire Act. So, uh, so now you'll find that there'll be international groups wanting to come in, and there'll be I think there'll be you know, M and A stuff going on um, to be able to capture some of that market share. Um, so that again is an opportunity for you know people to get brand awareness through their uh, through their shirts and build up the uh, the numbers of, of of supporters and eyeballs that are that are uh, that are watching them so yeah plenty of plenty of uh, plenty of activity over there and it'll be it'll be good i'm looking forward to getting miami started when does when does miami open is it going to be ready i think it's going to 2021 yeah uh, 2020 i is it? think it is okay yeah I we think need they've to. got it for the 2020 season so not this year but it'll be the year after i believe yeah no but it's, it's moving yeah. forward so uh, yeah good stuff Okay, so we've been busy in uh, in the office recently with the transfer market opening on the 1st of July, which is Monday. There's a lot of speculation flying around, as per usual, as there is every January and every summer. With huge deals already being put in place, Hazard's deal to Real Madrid it seems to be the staple point of what's, going, what's been and done so far, um, with a £100 million deal to start with, with bonuses coming. But there's other players that have that have been floated around with large sums. Maguire seems to be the yeah. big seems to be the big name domestically in England. That's is um is being floated around. Rumored fee from uh, from Leicester's valuation is seventy million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, big interest from Manchester City. Big interest from Manchester United. 
Although recently it seems from news articles that Man United maybe aren't up to meeting Leicester's valuation. Yeah, the intel saying that they're they're, they're pulling out uh, from the negotiations and uh, yeah, they they sort of put around sixty five as being their benchmark. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe uh, it may be a bit of bit of negotiating skill. It may not be, but um, you know they may be looking at other alternatives. Um, so sorry, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if the if they've really done anything bad by by leaving the valuation at around about 60 to 65 when you compare last year Van Dijk's transfer to Liverpool was 75 and he's he is what is essentially the best center back in the country from last season mm. and he the, Leicester is saying that maybe that 70 million mark has the has the market really inflated that much in a year that means that the only difference in transfer fee should be 5 million between the two it's it's yeah. an interesting market isn't it with but I think clear yeah, valuation. Well, it is, and this is where this is where I mean I know James obviously isn't here today, but uh, I know he's running a paper with his quant team on on Maguire, isn't yeah. he? And Maguire's intrinsic value, uh, obviously, you know what he's worth to you know, has been to, to Leicester and his contribution to, to them to them winning obviously games during the season. So he's gonna he's gonna do some comparables on that, or some of the team are, uh, and we'll we'll have that up so it's available um, for uh, for uh, next week hopefully. Um, and uh, and of course, you know that's that's the other thing. I mean, it was interesting talking to one or two, uh, you know, people, and certainly you know discussing with some of our clients. The difficulty is now is with the inflation of the market price of players, and you know, as 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 we know, we've discussed many times on the podcast. You know, there is the market value, which is set by the market, uh, in different ways, but there is really the intrinsic value, which is which is where our our whole quantitative analysis is working around the intrinsic value, what that player is worth to either winning football games or contributing to winning football games. And, and that is the real figure. That's the checks and balances that certainly, you know, as we're finding, and certainly for, for the clients, is you know, the chief execs or the owners or the FDs, you know, the, they want to be able to you know, know because it's an expensive risk. It's an expensive mistake. Mm. If you go and pay 20, 30 million for a player and who turns out not to work... You know, you've got high wages, you've got, you know, you've then got to, you know, where do you go? Does he go out on loan? You know, European clubs aren't going to be able to afford him unless he goes into the top two or three in each league. And that's unlikely if he hasn't performed in the Premier League. Mm. So, you know, and we know from feedback is it's a real conundrum that if you overspend, you know, even now where a player, what a player three, four years ago was three, five, seven million. Now it's 12, 15, 20 million. And that is a chunk for you know for a club to be able to well not able to make that mistake so we know that there's a more cautionary and that's why you know more are turning to to quant and some more intelligent way of assessing players values not as not as the holy grail not as you know that's it but being able to look at it and work with their you know with their recruitment team with their other scouts and and other people but just to look and say okay well who else is out there and are they really worth that and and so you know it's it's an interesting one and, and it, it's only going to you know I know TV revenues and and central distribution certainly domestic market have plateaued a bit but there's still going to be that there's only a limited supply of great players yeah, yeah? and that's why they go for 100, 110, 120 million plus um, so it's supply and demand but ultimately um, you know we've seen a real I mean James obviously would have said it was here but we've seen a real uplift in quantitative analysis of interest and uh, an intrigue um, uh, in because because 
they can no longer make mistakes, whether it's players or, of course, even managers. You know, one of the most expensive yeah. uh, situations is giving compensation to managers. Yeah. Um, so if they can negate that by a bit of intelligent uh, analysis, then uh, you know, that's what they're, 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 they're doing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, uh, I think it will, people are saying it's a little slow at the moment. Well, we haven't started, it's 1st of July on Monday, but they, uh, there is a, you know, quite often there'll be a bit of a domino effect as well. I know you've been following one or two, certainly defensive players, that if one moves, then that will release and so the domino. Do you want to it'll just chat about that? Yeah, it'll be the, it's, it's always the domino effect of once there's the rumours leading up to the start, and then I think once one big player from one position from one team moves mm. well they can't just leave the gap empty can they so yeah. they've got to replace that and replace and it, the domino effect goes all the way down the line yeah. to right the way through to the end because as soon as one player leaves you've got to fill the yeah. gap yeah is it delight's going to go to it's well we think he's going to Juve do yeah, we yeah the rumours say he goes to Juve then oh yeah, Ajax going to spend the money or invested in the academy yeah, like yeah, we've, got some, we've got some good academy players there's so, there's, there's so much so much that could create a domino effect I mean Pogba's name's up in light as, mm. as per usual of Madrid Barcelona is he going to stay well. Man United Juventus mm. there's so there's so many and it's if he leaves Man United the They've got to reinvest money, and it's just that's just one example of if he goes, then do Man United take another big player from across in Europe, or do they take another big player from a rival Premier League team? Mm. It's mm. it's always interesting, but it's it's going to be it's going to be active. I think they'll be active from Monday with the big transfers, because there's there's so much there's so much going on speculative wise, but it's. It's also interesting to see how teams like Real Madrid have actually already spent yeah. three hundred million. Yeah, they've been very active. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes and that's a strategy: get out there, and get in, and, and do the business early. And uh, you know, some of their players will be playing. You know, obviously, there's various competitions going on, and um, and so it's yeah, it's an opportunity of getting in. Plus, they know what they've got, and once they've secured those players, they can know who they can then get. get yeah, who they can offload you know, or offload. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, you know, next week's podcast. Of course, we'll be covering this because it's an ongoing, you know, ongoing through till uh, till August. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Now, look at obviously there's other things going on in the in the marketplace <laughs> apart from uh, obviously the transfer window. But managers are coming and going, and uh, of course, your your manager Jack Rafa is uh, is he off to China? I'm he, not. He sure. leaves the end of this month, doesn't he? he leaves yeah, literally today, maybe or over the weekend. His contract but, ends Sunday, mm, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's a it's a bit of a bit of a bad move on Newcastle's behalf letting them go I think it's going to be hard to replace is he going to China uh, was it 12 million a year or it'll it'll be more? probably around that maybe mm. a bit more this, yeah. that's what the speculation that's, that's the pull isn't it well I don't, I don't know I mean Rafa's what is he 58 59 something like that he's, he's late 50s yeah. yeah so um, you know he, he, he could he could potentially go there you know, make some returns Okay, I mean, is that going to set him up for coming back into Europe to go and manage somewhere in Europe? Possibly, but um, he's got a while left in management, he... doesn't he? I, th- I think so. Well, so, yeah, yeah, definitely has if he if he wants to and he's got the desire to do it. Um, and there's definitely clubs in the Premier League and throughout Europe that would uh, would utilise his services. You know, so um, but uh, I, and I, I'm not even sure that he is. You know, um, the sort of psychology to go to China is that going to enhance his career? No, not really. Yeah, no. uh, is he going to give him a payday? Yes, but does he need it? Is that what he's in the Probably business for? Not. Probably not. So you might be surprised that you know China's being floated out there 
but he may have other other offers. Offers. He will. He will, uh, he will have he will other have offers. Other. So, so we'll watch the the space on there. Uh, I hear today. Um, obviously, Nottingham Forest have uh, have got rid of um, Martin, Martin O'Neill. O'Neill, and uh, and so you know they'd be. I think they've already found a, a replacement uh, from uh, listening to the the news earlier on. Um, who is going to replace Rafa? That's the question. Well, yeah, we know who that, it isn't, that, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we know who it's not going to be. We know it's not. It's it's not going to be Mr. Mourinho. Oh, that's a hell of a, that's a great a great link uh, that into it, our Mourinho minute. Yeah, if it so, stays uh, the way that it is anyway, it's not. I, I can't see Mourinho. One, what well, does he say? It's you <laughs> so know it's going to hurt to say it, but Mourinho <laughs> Mourinho said that he doesn't want to be Newcastle manager because he's not happy managing a team who are happy to finish seventh, eighth, or ninth. He basically <laughs> doesn't doesn't settle for mediocrity, does he? And you know, I, you can't blame him. He's won everything at every club that he's been to. He's Champions League, Europa League, Premier League. I mean, masterclass with Porto in the early days, and I I can't blame him for not wanting to go to a team that doesn't challenge. No, I mean, if 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 Mike Ashley's going to stay, then we know what you know what obviously the budget may be. He may get a bit to to spend. Um, but whoever comes in, no and one or two, I mean, Joey Barton's been mentioned. Oh, with that, you know, Arteta. Arteta oh, might be a good one. But well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he would be. But uh, is he going to be able to show what he can do? Well, he'll be able to show he can manage a budget. The other flip side to that <laughs> is, is that if the Qatari deal and it's gone very quiet, you know, if that actually does happen, and Mourinho was given, you know, two or three hundred million to go and spend and get the squad, then. You never know. He may. He's been spending a lot of time over in uh, in the Arab world with his B in sports. So yeah. you never know. There may be a, a whole master play there. I doubt it. And um, is that is there enough time? Even with his good relationship with George, is there good enough time to get the right players in? Well, probably uh, it's getting not. tight. It's getting tight. Yeah. So, uh, but he so wants he, to manage internationally. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, he did say that. So. Uh, yeah, there may be there may be opportunities there. Maybe but, a link uh, to Portugal. Sorry, you know, go and manage Portugal. Go back to his vineyard. Yeah, yeah. go back. Yeah, um, vineyard. <laughs> well, we will watch it. Um, every week there's something going on with Mister Mourinho, so uh, we'll be on it again next week. So uh, no, we're good. So what have we got for quotes this week? I know we've been. Uh, we've moved on. We are, where have we gone to now? We've moved on from Moneyball. We we felt as though it was maybe drying up a little bit. So we've well, the gone... ones we're allowed to say on a podcast. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. You can't say. yeah. There's plenty on on everything, but we've moved on to Wall Street. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's, not the Wolf, no, just Wall Street. Just just Wall Street. Okay. Gordon Gecko. Yeah. But it's 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 a pretty good quote. I'm feeling so. The quote is, the most valuable commodity I know of is information. Yeah, hey, that's a good one, Jack. Yeah. That is, information, intel, yeah. and, uh, you know, and that's very, very topical, very pertinent for the transfer window. Of course. Because that's what it's all about. It's getting that, uh, that bit of intelligence, that bit of competitive advantage over, over uh, you know, how to look at your players. So, uh, yeah, the, the quant guys are like that. So, yeah, it's just a pity, James, pity James, James hasn't came. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, he'll listen, he'll get it and... Uh, We'll uh, he'll be back in on, yeah, I'm uh, on Monday. Expecting a review from James. So, uh, yeah, good, good. So uh, well, good guys. Chelsea. Anything else to add? Are we all good? No, just just thank you very much for listening, and we hope you have a lovely weekend. Good job. The and sun is shining. Hey, yeah, and all those people that are at Glastonbury, <laughs> uh, good luck and uh, have fun and enjoy. And uh, of course, Wimbledon starts on Monday. Yep, and the weather hopefully will hold for that. I don't think Mr Murray's going to be in there, but uh, there's, uh, there's going to be plenty of others. And of course, we've got the World Cup running through with the uh, 
uh, obviously the, the the semis and then the final. So yeah. a lot of sport going on. The cricket World Cups are all, all happening as well. So there's plenty to do. So whatever you're doing this weekend, have a great time. Stay safe. Drink plenty of water. Put the suntan lotion on and we'll see you here <laughs> back next Friday. Thanks, guys. 